what you used to. Right? This is what you used to. Good evening and welcome to the Brown Paper Bag. God dang it, I'm messed up already. This is terrible. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Let's start this over again. Yo, yo, All yo, right. yo, what's going Ready? on? What's right. happening, my How's brother? How's everybody doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Ready? I'm excited about this one, man. I mean, uh, just, I'm really, really excited for this uh, show tonight. I just got to throw that out there. But um, I'm just going to keep it like that because so, my excitement is uh, bubbling over. Okay. Okay. No problem. Well, like I want to say, I want to welcome everybody to the Brown Paper Bag Podcast. Uh, my name is Saul G. You can finally say the Saul G on Twitter. And uh, joined as always by my co-host. The infamous one, G Phrase, or Inspires the Block. You can find me on Twitter or IG at both handles. Get at your boy. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So we're going to kind of just move things right along tonight. Uh, based on the conversation, uh, we're still going to do the, the uh, every night ritual and not. But they say you got to have your uh, your brown paper bag ready. So, uh, Mr. G. Phrase, what you sipping on tonight? Oh, man, I'm going a little different. Everybody going to be shocked, man. Kind of shocked. But uh, I'm going with the Under Armour tonight. No alcoholic beverage for me tonight. I'm going with the oh. Under Armour. So, Kobe Bryant. Oh, RIP. wow. You must steer. Okay. <laughs> and my reason, okay. my uh, reason why. Me, my, I stick with the kombu. I going to so, say my reason why. My reason okay, why real quick is because uh, in the Bible, because of the discussion we're going to have in the Bible, when uh, Moses was on uh, the mountain talking to God, he told God to, uh, I mean, God told him, take your sandals off because you're standing on holy ground. These individuals that we are going to have on the show today, I can't be with no time foolery, man. So, uh, <laughs> nope, not today. Okay. I got to respect, I got to respect my well, folks here today. Well, I, I appreciate it. You know me. Uh, I, okay, cool. And like I said, I'm just going to hit it up. We all do the combo. This time, uh, so, uh, yeah, I got that tonight that I'm going to be sipping on. Um, real quick, man, is, uh, anything happening you want to talk about or you just want to go ahead and get right into it, man? Uh, let's get right to it, man. We, uh, I'm like, I'm excited about this one. So let's just get right to it. Then we can talk about that next week. <laughs> Without further ado, I'm going to bring in our panel real quick and, Hey, no problem. I'm going to go ahead and bring our panel in. So here we go. Let me go add them in real quick. Hello. All right. So I believe that was, it sounded like Felicia. So since uh, I believe Felicia was the first one to say hello, um, if you could just go ahead and introduce yourself and just let the people know um, who you are, how they can follow you, and just a, be a brief background on how you believe. 
Certainly. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for letting me grace your platform. I'm Felicia Killings. You guys can find me at Coach Felicia on Twitter. You can also go to um, my foundation's website. And what I do is I work with individuals in the virtual space, helping them to build online businesses and virtual ministries. I work especially with authors and individuals who want to craft a powerful message that will impact their communities. In terms of my faith, I am a firm believer in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And this is all I know. All right. Um, so based on how we're set up on the screen, uh, I appreciate that. We're going to go to uh, Mr. Devin and then we'll uh, just basically go in order. So uh, Devin Jones, if you'll introduce yourself to the people. Sure. I'm Devin Jones from Chicago, Illinois. Um, I'm also, I do a lot of political work. So on the political side, I'm the 18th Ward uh, Republican Committeeman on the Southwest side of Chicago. Um, I've worked on several different campaigns uh, during this election season. Um, I also do, um, I run a nonprofit. I do some literacy work, um, helping people to become literate or, or to, I guess, improve upon their literacy. Um, I help um, some young adults uh, start small businesses and different things like that, mentoring, tutoring, different things like that. You can follow me at Devio, D-E-V-I-O, or if you wanna hear the political stuff, you can follow me at uh, 18th Ward GOP on Twitter. And I'm Catholic. All right. I think he may got a little delay. But uh, I have a delay. Oh, no, right. Uh, and, uh, and Solomon do. Oh, okay. Oh, what happened? You got a delay. I missed that one. You got a delay. <laughs> but, I, but I. Oh, no, no, you're fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, well, we're going to go ahead and uh, just keep it moving until that happens. Uh, we'll go to the next person, Miss uh, Miss Yisrael. She's muted. Oh, how's she getting me? Hello? Yes, yes, we can hear you now. Can you guys hear me? Yes. We can hear you now. You, you can go ahead and introduce yourself and, you know, everything about I don't know, it's a really you. long delay on here. Okay, I Good. guess. All right. All right, shalom, everyone. My name is... Okay, well, my name is Tirta Israel. Uh, I just turned 30 a few months back in the summer. Um, my go-to thing to do is like far as making money is doing hair for natural, natural people with dreadlocks. Um, and my belief is that I am a Hebrew and I am a descendant of King David and King Solomon through the bloodline of Yahya El Negro from the transatlantic slave trade, AKA the Spanish Inquisition. Hmm, okay. All right. Miss Jenny, you can go next. Hey everybody, good evening. Hello. Um, I am, right now I'm in Utah living with um, my wonderful husband who's making dinner. And I've got four kids in the basement. They are busy watching a movie. So if we get interrupted, excuse that. Um, it's, it's, so that's, it's fine. That's my life right now. I am, 
I'm drowning in children in homeschool. So I am, I'm teaching these children uh, the ways to live, navigate, be successful in this world. Um, I have my pencil, my notebook. I'm taking notes from all of you wonderful people. I can't believe that I'm in this space. Uh, I also have my tissue because you. I'm. I'm gonna cry. I'm like already near tears. When we were talking about religion, we we're talking about God. When we were talking about truth, um, just tears. So I'm happy to be here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, you know, let's just go ahead and, like I said, we're to keep the conversation flowing. What we're going to do is basically, if you kind of look at the screen, it should be Devin, uh, Miss Yisrael, Jenny, and then Felicia. So we'll just kind of maintain that order uh, when we start to speak on things. But uh, to go ahead and get things started, um, the question, the first question that I want to ask uh, everybody on the panel is, what did you believe as a child, and do you still believe the same way now? So we'll start with Devin. Go ahead. Uh, I grew up Baptist, uh, and so that's that was pretty much. I was actually training to be a, a preacher from the age of seven. My pastor used to uh, send me to this senior citizens' home to uh, preach. <laughs> it was it was crazy. I mean, it was fun. It, it was definitely an interesting experience. And so I was I was a fervent Baptist, uh, very into the church. You know, two times on Sunday. On Wednesday, we have Friday services, you know, you in church almost every day of the week and pretty much all day on Sunday. And I loved it. It was a it was a good, I guess, basis for faith and, and how to live. Um, those those who are I still consider like a second family. And when I was 20, actually, I uh, I converted to Catholicism. All right. Uh, Miss Yisrael. Uh, I grew up Pentecostal because my grandparents were preachers. So I got churched out very early and I got sick of it <laughs> pretty early because, you know, you'd wake up early in the morning, you hear that gospel music playing, you're like, dang, I got to go to church in the morning. <laughs> and, you know, you get there, you got to go to, you know, the little kitty Sunday school, you got to do noonday prayer, you got to do praise and worship, testimonies, and all that stuff. Then the preacher got talked, then the psalmist, the psalmist got to talk, then the prophetess, then you got to lay hands on people that's got demons and crack in them. I, I got churched out. My grades failed poorly. I felt like Jesus was taken away from my education most of the time because I'd be, I'd be tired in school the next day because I wouldn't get home from, getting home from church until like 9 o'clock at night. So I got tired of it very quickly, but I did pay attention. I was a fast study. My grandmother was my pastor. <clears throat> so she taught me how to read the Bible and understand it from an early age and how to use all the tools that come that comes along with the Bible to interpret it and to have a better understanding of the Bible. So she always encouraged me to search out the truth of a matter. And I've never lost sight of that. So I may have grown Grown up Pentecostal, but um, I really don't see a difference in, you know, what I do differently other than I don't go to church. I still read my Bible. I still study like I've always done. Nothing has really changed for me other than, 
names and titles, but even that, I still get, I still understand what you're saying at the end of the day. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. Uh, yes, uh, Mrs. Jenny Rock, go ahead. Um, yes, so I grew up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, um, and my as a child, I grew up knowing that I was a child of God. And that's what's carried me through is that firm um, belief and knowledge that I know who I am. I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. And just to keep that eternal perspective has um, kept me um, in that in the church. Now, uh, when I was 22, I decided to be a missionary. And so I went on a mission to Switzerland and taught the Swiss people. And it was also in Germany, a little part of Germany. So uh, I, I love the Swiss and the German people. I definitely relate to them a lot. And um, so um, that's the, the crux of it is growing up knowing, knowing uh, I guess I have a father in heaven and that helps me uh, behave and know how to make choices in the world today. All right, congratulations on all that work. Hey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, let me see. Okay, uh, Felicia. Yeah, so um, my entire life I've grown up uh, in a Christian home and my parents are pastors of the church back home in California. Uh, I served in ministry at a very young age. I was a part of uh, the youth ministry. Um, and so, yeah, I grew up with this. What kept me was not so much the religious aspect, but more so the relationship. And um, I speak a lot about the Holy Spirit um, on Twitter class, for example, um, because he's here. He's here today. And this makes all the difference as opposed to um, individuals who have unfortunately, you know, um, abandoned the church for many reasons. Sometimes preachers kick folks out. Sometimes we mess it all up. Um, but at the end of the day, it's that relationship. And so I'm just, you know, bold enough to say his name. I know who he is. I'm not afraid to make it known to the public um, who is giving me inspiration or understanding or insight. And for that reason, I remain loyal to him because he's been so faithful to me. So um, my father was very instrumental in talking to me about the Holy Spirit, who he is, and uh, the teachings that we read in the scriptures from Yeshua, if you will. He's just giving us an example of what we can do when we are full of the Holy Spirit. And so, um, you know, I, I don't want to go too deep, but this is pretty much all that I know and what has kept me is my relationship with the Holy Spirit. All right. I, I see like we're having a few little technical difficulties, but uh, <laughs> I'll just go next because yeah. um, I'm pretty sure he was going to call on me. But <laughs> I, I grew up uh, in the house of General Motors. Like, like literally, okay. like, no, my mother didn't raise us in the church. My father and them, they didn't raise us really in no organized religion. Uh, it was my mother worked for General Motors. My father was his own uh, uh, businessman, you know, worked out the back of his truck. So that was that focus. However, we did go to church on like Easter Sunday. 
you know, we would do stuff like that. But far as like just growing up, my mother also felt like she wanted us to find our own path when it comes to okay. spirituality and religion. And so for me, as I got older, I came in contact with the uh, teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam. And mm -hmm. I fell in love with the change that it produced, especially in black men and in black people. So if I was to equate you know, myself or affiliated with any religion, then that would be the one, the Nation of Islam. I mean, we also, like, for example, I got both texts right here. I got the Holy Quran and the Bible. You know, we study from both. And mm -hmm. uh, it, it just produced mad, mad change or mm -hmm. great change in people. And that was what I needed coming from my background. I was a mm -hmm. former gangbanger and drug dealer. So I needed something that was going to continue, can totally transform my life. So mm -hmm. that was me. Oh, we got the Grand Wizard. We got the Wizard back now. I'm about to say Grand Wizard. But that's, that'd be the wrong terminology. That'd be the wrong terminology. <laughs> Hey, you just call me KKK. <laughs> oh, I caught myself, brother. I caught myself. Oh, the baby, the baby. Oh. That's right. Uh, um, it's on you, sauce. Well, um, so I, okay, so I'm assuming everybody, uh, and you too, T. I'm assuming that you were talking about how you grew up. Um, I grew up in a uh, in a in a, in a non-denominational Christian household. Uh, my father was a pastor, um, so that was basically the the introduction to to, to faith in in all matters of, of a sort. I guess when um, when I was growing up, so you know we was in the church. Uh, me and my sister, you know, we sang in the choir. Uh, you know, um, stuff like that. You know, then when I got to college. It was pretty much the same thing. Military, they have non-denominational service, so or Protestant service. So that's pretty much what you do. Um, while I was at Hampton, um, I went to a local Baptist church. So it's pretty much been about the same thing um, the entire time. Uh, I would just probably say maybe in about the last three or four years, I would say that I started to move away from. Not necessarily. I, I would say I didn't necessarily move away from Christianity. I moved away from just what I consider the modern day church mm -hmm. and decided to, okay, let me go back and start reading up the actual Bible. Let me go back and start reading up actual history. Let me go back and start reading. And instead of somebody interpreting the scriptures for me, let me look at a scripture and say, okay, well, this makes sense or this doesn't make sense. You know, what makes sense to me? Because I think sometimes, especially in the church, we're so accustomed to hearing this is the word of God because it comes from the of a man of God. And because this man of God has said the word of God, then this is what his interpretation of that is. But when I started to try to apply it, um, it would just sometimes just not make sense to my brain. So I started to do a deeper dive into the Bible and I, I, I probably, say I probably fall closer to uh to Mrs. Israel in, in my current beliefs. I I I I'm believing in, in the in the um, closer to the Israelite doctrine, but I'm not like it's almost like I don't necessarily have like, a home team. But that's basically um where I'm at right now. But the next question that I wanted to uh kind of pose to the panel is Basically, um, everybody kind of sort of comes from their own certain faith or doctrine. So starting with you, Devin, uh, what would you say the biggest 
uh, misconception about your faith is? And that's just from the outside. You know, what would yeah. you say the biggest uh, misconception is? We got a lot of misconceptions in the Catholic, the Catholic Church and our, our priests really don't help to clear it up. Um, I think some of the biggest ones is like a lot of Protestants think that we worship statues or worship Mary or kind of misinterpret um, things like the Hail Mary. And a part of that is because there's a difference between what Catholics, what individual Catholics are able to articulate versus what's actually the belief on paper. Um, and so I, I think just just the idolatry, the idolatrous nature of the Catholic Church, I think that's a misconception. And um, I don't know if it's a misconception, but it gets more uh, highlight than anything is, you know, the, the sex scandal in the Catholic Church, you know, that there is there's just rampant um, pedophilia and, and different things like that. And it's bad. I mean, it's it's as bad as any institution and in, in people's homes, you know, uh, but because we kind of the, the institution of the church lifts itself up as this moral um, beacon, it, it just looks a lot worse when priests are doing this. So um, I think the just the idolatrous nature that people think in is existent in the Catholic church, that we're worshiping the Pope and that if he farts, you know, it's God's law. That's not really, you know, that's not really our church's teaching, but right. uh, people don't know that. Okay. Uh, what about you, uh, Jenny? What do you feel is the biggest uh, mission about it? Um, you tell me. Just kidding. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I've gotten. I've gotten a lot of, it's more of like a classification, right? Are, are the people that, you know, there's the nickname Mormons. Uh, that's usually what a lot of people would say. Members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are Mormons. And so they worship Mormon and they're not Christian. But literally in, in the title of the church that right, I belong to, um, couldn't be further from the truth is that we um, believe, I believe that I am part of the, the same church that Christ set up when he was on the earth and that it's been restored. So um, I think that would be a misconception is people think that, that we're not Christian um, when all we do is talk of Christ, preach of Christ, try to become more like Christ. That's just one misconception. There's there's a lot, right, within every religion. But I, yeah. I would say that's probably right. amazing. And uh, what about you? Oh. What? Did he freeze up okay. again? What about you, Felicia? Oh. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, some misconceptions about the faith. Um, some oh, folks. Me? Okay. We, we have a delay, I guess. Uh, some misconceptions, I would say, um, suggest that Christians are so religious that they are no earthly good, um, that we don't understand how things function. Um, and I mean, it's true in some cases, some people do use religion as a crutch. Um, but when I'm talking about relationship, 
it's very different. I don't think people um, know that they can have a really deep, intimate relationship with somebody like the Holy Spirit. They feel like he is out of this world or only certain folks can have access to him. So one of the misconceptions that I try to combat weekly, if I can on Twitter, is that everyone can have access. Everyone can enter. Everyone can have a relationship. This is not relegated to someone who is special. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what I tackle a lot is, is the open access and uh, God's willingness and his desire to have a relationship with um with his creation and so i try to tackle that as much as possible all right um it's uh miss let me bring her back in miss miss israel you available if not i'll just go i think our mic is I'm muted right. okay um what we're asking is that what is the uh the biggest misperception uh of your practice you know what do people get uh, wrong but like they but like to throw out there um a lot that's why i don't get into those arguments because they just they don't matter to me so um i would say that all the men are just very lustful and they're out to get a lot of wives like that's like the that's the first question that i get asked a lot if i'm polygamous or am I poly friendly or something yeah I am poly friendly like do you but don't bring that stuff around me <laughs> like you know 20 wives have added when all they period sync up on that new moon have at it. be cool you know all right I got enough personalities of uh, my own to you know for you to have seven wives <laughs> um, uh, what's another one uh, let's see that we condemn everybody to hell fire and brimstone and we believe that you know all white people are evil and they're going to hell and all of that mm -hmm. stuff like just really like you know like they are scared of mess out of you if you walk it like walk across a hebrew on the corner somewhere like i see them all the time where i'm at i'm in sacramento and they hop on live all the time on youtube and they come across as very scary and boisterous but if you you know, you keep a humble spirit. They're not gonna mess with you. It's the ones like they mess with. They know who to, they know who to pick on, and they do a lot mm -hmm. for show. So that just like I feel like, in my opinion, like that does more harm than good. But at the end of the day, there was a scripture. I think it was Jeremiah where we're supposed to just shout aloud and like be like a blaring trumpet of truth. I think that that's their job because that's all they can do is we the Hebrews. Y'all going to hell and we going to heaven. That's all they can do. So you got your purpose. I got mine. And if that's all you can do, then fine. So be it. But I'm going to still keep my eye on you at the end of the day because I don't know you. Because there's a lot of infiltration going on in, you know, in Hebrew, like in the Hebrew sphere. Um, so I would say like another misconception would be that um, that that 12 tribes chart. Like everybody, like everybody gets on our head about that chart. I'm like, I don't even agree with it. It makes no sense to me. And mm -hmm. then, uh, what's another one? That that means that that's fine right there. We just wanted to point out like the biggest ones that yeah, uh, like it, the biggest ones. But I don't really see anything else, or like somebody just trying to discredit me of like my authenticity of who I am. And they're like, "You're not Jewish. 
Mm-hmm. I never said I was Jewish. I, yeah. I'm the real thing. I'm the real deal, Holyfield. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. I, I would say uh, right. with with myself is that, uh, and and it's it's very sensitive, right? The one that I'm gonna throw out there, and it is the uh, dealing with the assassination of Malcolm X. Like, I think that that is the one of the biggest misperceptions because um, the average person, not everybody, but the average person just take the media accounts of that whole interaction and study, actually studying. And the information is available out there for people to listen to. You actually can uh, go listen to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says that when he instructed the followers of the Nation of Islam to not touch one hair, one hair on Malcolm's red head. And so I think that that's like the biggest one the only other one i would throw out there is that uh you know for some reason people think that the nation of islam emulates arab culture when it's far when it's far from that you know they try to intertwine the tomb but it's not so those were the, those would be the uh, misperceptions i would throw out there Hey, do you have a reference where I can study more about? Okay, um, these I, I, I would say. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I, I would say it's multiple different. Uh, you can go to YouTube really and find anything. Now they all, most of all the lectures are on there, even all the way back uh, to when Elijah Muhammad was present in the Nation of Islam. So all those are on YouTube. Also, too, I would suggest, which is one of my favorite books, is called "The Black Man: uh, The Message to the Black Man in North America." Is written the first book written by Elijah Muhammad, and so that one, uh, like I said, Minister Farrakhan has multiple lectures on this, and like a lot of things, I'll just throw put it out there real quick. Um, a lot of people don't know during the time of the assassination of Malcolm X, uh, Farrakhan wasn't even Farrakhan; he was just Louis X, you know, in the Nation of Islam. He he didn't even have a big role, none of that. He was just a little bitty minister in a local mosque. But like I said, all that information is out there on YouTube. Or just like I said, or you can just pull it up on on Google. I have a question. Can, can we do questions? Yeah, we can do questions. Go ahead, Felicia. Okay, so um, G phrase. Um, yeah, one, go ahead, of, go ahead, go ahead. one of the critiques that I have among those of us who are part of, I'm going to just say Christian, just because we're talking religion here. Um, One of the critiques we've had is that we are not as active in terms of empowering on a on a different level. Like we will do the church thing. We will do spiritual stuff, yada, yada, yada. But when it comes to injecting what I say is the kingdom message um, Mm -hmm. into various aspects, this is one of the reasons why I push this so much on Twitter. Then for this reason, a lot of people like black men just don't want to affiliate with it. So you were you mentioned how the nation of Islam really came to you at a time when you needed empowerment. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, we have this other faith, which is the Christian faith, which has its own elements of empowerment. What was it about the nation that said to you, this is that? What that for me with this what 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 it said for me was that it was able to produce in me an immediate change. Mm. Like and at the time of my life, that's what I needed. I didn't I didn't need to tiptoe around nothing. It I'll just throw it out there. You what you know, Felicia. I was in a period of my time in my life where I was in prison, right? And I was doing mm-hmm. life without parole. I was doing life without parole. 
And I knew that if I had to die in prison, I didn't want to die being the same person that I was. And so I needed mm -hmm. an immediate change. And that's when I started studying the teaching of the most honorable, honorable Elijah Muhammad. I would say the parallel difference of the two was just here. Because um, you're right. I love what you push out there when you talk about the kingdom message, right? However, the, when it comes from a man, it, it doesn't seem as welcoming and, mm -hmm. and, and wanting you to be in. It also, and like I said, that's based on who's teaching it. Let me put it like that, because yeah. I don't believe that that's the main principle of it. It's based on who's teaching it. Yeah. And the other thing is that everybody wants an identity of them, who they are or who they are or, or themselves. Right. And based on who's teaching it, you don't get that. Like, I know I can sit down and listen to you for hours and be like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, but I think it's all based on who's teaching. Plus, also, too, it's so much. I would yeah. say that it's such a crowded space. When it comes to um, mm -hmm. Christianity, especially with, from the culture that we all come from under, it's crowded. So you don't know which really direction to go, who to trust. And it just be those. They're not they're not big, but they're just small things that black men have a hard time identifying with. If that makes Thank any you. sense. Yeah, it does, because I, I often I often look at how prison ministry functions within the Christian space. And then I look at how whenever the nation of Islam injects itself into this, I'll just say prison ministry, they captivate black men. And mm -hmm. I'm asking myself, what are we doing wrong? Because if we have an empowering message, if we're talking about the Holy Spirit, if yada, yada, then there's something, there's something missing. And I'm mm -hmm. just the type to, you know, I want to hear from other folks so I can double down and fix things in you know so uh that's what i wanted to know thank you no problem no problem sure i think we got a lot of comfortable okay. pastors in christianity yeah. that's what that's what our problem is yeah now, can i say something real quick yeah go ahead yeah i wanted to add on yeah to go, ahead, go ahead asking about like um what type of information it was out there about you know, Brother Malcolm's assassination, there is actually a really good Netflix documentary out that's called Who mm -hmm. Killed Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. I watched the entire series, and by the time I was done watching it, I cried like a baby. Because Malcolm is like a really, really sensitive subject for me, and I'm not even Muslim. Like, I just feel mm -hmm. like a really deep tie to that man, like just how he was done. I really thought it wasn't fair, and I truly don't believe that, you know... Elijah Muhammad had anything to do with it, nor did Farrakhan have anything to, anything to do with it. Because you're right, he was known as Louis X back then. Mm -hmm. So that's like that's another route and avenue. And then also, the I believe like the reason why black men cleave more to the nation of Islam and you know Judaism with Hebrew with Hebrewism uh, is because it gives them a space to express their masculinity in a divine sense. Yeah. To where yeah. no one's gonna judge you for that. Now, yeah. when you try to do that at a Christian church, you're going to have your grandma coming at you, your aunties, your cousins, your sisters. All of your female relatives are at church now. There aren't any men there, and if you do see the men, they're old men or they're gay. I'm not trying to. I'm I'm not here to choose violence, but I'm just observing what I've seen my entire life. There are no masculine men. I'm not going to go to church and be like, I want a husband, and I'm going to go to church and find a husband. It's, I'm not. No, it's not. Because you, you're just not going to get that real person that you're going to find. 
in church because they're just showing you a representative of what you think that they want you to be, of what you think that they should be as a person. And they just sitting there struggling, trying to, you know, charge up that divine masculine energy for you. And they can't even, you know, get to 50, 50% for themselves to even give you a hundred percent. So I don't really see Christianity, like really being a sustenance for a black man's soul. masculinity. His, his, it literally does the opposite to a black man because it was used as a tool against them during slavery. Real quick, real quick, let me do some housekeeping real quick. Uh, Skizzy Tobias, uh, Skizzy Tobias, appreciate the $10 super chat. And she wants to know, in her question, do you feel that people are moving towards spirituality over being religious? And um, who want to take a shot at that first? Yeah, let me take yeah, okay, I, I'll ahead. take a shot of it, and then I'll, I'll, I'll touch on what we were talking about before. Um, I do agree that um, when we talked about, not necessarily the misconception, but one of the the reasons why I feel maybe moving away from the church is because people pick one example. It's, it's like a cherry picking, right? Like they will pick the worst example that they can find, and they'll say, well, this is why I'm not a Christian, right? Like they'll be like, um, uh, for example they'll say like, oh, well, there was a pastor in uh, Atlanta named Eddie Long, right? And supposedly, allegedly, he had some inappropriate relationships with some men in his congregation. So people will look at Eddie Long and say, oh, I'm not going to be a Christian because look at what Eddie Long did. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times people expect if you're if you say you're of some sort of faith, they expect that you're not a human being at the, at the same time. It's like they expect perfection from you. Like you don't like just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that, um, you know, like they said, you know, you fall short. Right. They don't want to hear that. They want you to have this perfect life that they can say, well, if I was out here doing X, Y and Z when I was in the world, why would I go and have all these new rules added on to my life? And then try to, you know, be a Christian at the same time. Um, I think that's that's one of the major things that I think people are kind of doing it now. As far as the spirituality of it being religious, um, a lot of that, in my opinion, comes from I call it like the woke crowd, because I think it's it, it's a situation where it sounds like God, whatever you call God, whether it's Allah. Yahweh, uh, Jehovah, whatever you call God, it's like it's this. They'll they'll say like, oh, it's not God, it's the universe. The universe mm -hmm. provides, right? Because it's a woke statement to say, at a given God or that higher power. That we actually, it's just like, oh no, I don't want to say God did it. I'll just say the universe brought it into existence, or I manifested and that. And I think that's one of the like the the big things. Yeah, and that's what I say. I think that's that's what uh, a lot of people are going towards a quote unquote spirituality. Because the thing about it is, like, the, some of the people who say, "Well, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual," right? Then you'll go out to eat with them, and then they'll pray over their food. And I'm like, "Well, who are you praying to?" You know what I mean? But it's like sometimes they don't want to answer those type of questions. But I think that's, um, like I said, one of the reasons why people are quote unquote being more spiritual and not more organized religion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll let somebody uh, else take it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead, and then we'll go around. Yep, go ahead. Oh, okay, I can go yeah, in go. order. 
Okay. Um, to piggyback off of what um, Solomon was sharing, people are moving towards this. Pew Research is actually doing a lot of study on how, I'll just talk about Christians, for example, are moving away from this whole idea about evangelism and identifying with the faith. They're okay with saying they're a Christian, but not necessarily okay with preaching the message to other folks. Um, there's the, I don't know if there's, this is the exact reason, but the whole point about folks wanting to not offend other people, yeah. you know, me, in my case, I'm going to say his name. I'm going to tell you exactly who is giving me insight. And I do this for a reason because it's kind of like, let's say, you know, you create some product and somebody else is getting credit for the product you created. Why would you do that? You know, it's an affront, it's an offense. So for me to not mention his name, it would be an affront for me to do that. But I think a lot of people just don't want to offend other folks. So it's much easier to just say the universe. Well, who created that universe? What's his name? How can I access him? Where did he come from? Can we talk to him or is he so far off? And I think when we get to the point where we are more focused on relationship as opposed to religious tenets or laws or traditions, then we don't have these barriers. So let's use the example of a married couple. When you have a relationship with your spouse, you don't want to do certain things to that spouse to hurt that person. So you have your own, your own boundaries, okay? You're not trying to force any kind of rules. You're not trying to do anything like that. What you're doing is, is you are saying, this is what love looks like for us. Well, in like manner, God has his own set of laws, but these are spiritual laws that we can exercise and implement with the help of the Holy Spirit or with his assistance. So in my case, I, ref I often, refuse to call myself a Christian because I know a lot of times that is just a religious um, statement as opposed to me saying I'm a believer or I'm a daughter of the king or I'm a, a mouthpiece in the kingdom. Why? Because now I'm coming from this relational standpoint. So I think when people are lockstep with religion, they're thinking about traditions, they're thinking about laws that man has created and that makes it difficult for people to want to enter into this knowledge or this consciousness. And, but if we teach relationships, now we're dealing with something completely different. So um, yeah, just to get back, moving towards this whole spiritual concept, in my estimation, estimation and observation, it's more so because people just don't want to be offensive. And as Saul said, you know, they want to be the woke crowd. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Brother Devin, you want to go next? You want to add in there? Yeah. You know, I, I think we have a lot of um, I don't know why. First of all, I don't know why y'all put me after Felicia because she just that's the end <laughs> of the conversation right there. But um, uh, people are moving more towards spirituality. But, uh, you know, I think religion can inform a person's spirituality. You know, when you say that I believe in God, when you say I believe in Father, Son, Holy Spirit, whatever your 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 personal theology is, even if you say I'm not an adherent to the Baptist church or I'm not LDS or or Catholic, you still are creating a religion in your own mind that's informing your spirituality. Mm -hmm. So so it's a false thing to say that 
I'm spiritual, not but not religious, because you still have a moral tenet that you live by. You still have yes and no rules that you live by based on how you want to treat other people, how you want to interact with the world. And I think saying that pe people saying that they're spiritual, it gives them an out for not settling upon like a defined truth that you then have to go out and proclaim to other people. Because once you say something like, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Now there's all these things that, that you, I, I hate to say have to live by, but that the Holy Spirit would compel you to live by. You know, I don't live the way that I do or, you know, as a believer in Christ, I'm like, okay, let me open up this book because the Pope said this and, you know, let me go through it. What can I do? What, you know, how do I go to the bathroom? How do I eat? You know, it, there are things that I, I do because I just, I'm so filled with the spirit that this is just how I'm going to behave. You know, I'm going to look out for the people that are walking down the street with me, the people who are, you know, trying to get to heaven just like I am. So, uh, and then I, I think we just got so many false false prophets. You know, when I look at the, the Catholic church and just how some of our ministers have just raped and pillaged the church and destroyed people's faith because of the things that they've done or how they've set themselves up without saying that they're sinners. You know, that's what I like to hear from a, from a preacher is to say, you know what, I can preach on this because I, cause I've experienced this, I've struggled with this, whatever the case may be, not just don't do this. And then you, you know, you're back in the rectory doing exactly what you told us all not to do. That was good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good. Real good. Yeah. Anybody else want to add on to uh, to that question about uh, oh, I, I, why people are the, the move I, I, is being made towards spirituality? I, go ahead. I'll, I'll add. I'll add real quick. Um, yeah, I'll go after him. All right, cool. Um, I think that uh, really the reason why people are moving towards spirituality over religion is because it is here, and I'm and I'm and I'm about to dive in scripture a little bit. Um, Let's go back to Genesis, okay? In Genesis, you know, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit when God started creating everything, right? Mm -hmm. Did God did God have a religion at that time? No, he didn't have a religion. Did Jesus actually have a religion? No. No. The the religion was obey God. This is why Jesus had to talk the way that he talked, even when he gave the two golden rules, because everybody was so caught up in a particular uh, religious aspect of it, they never caught on to the spirituality of nothing he was saying. You get what I'm saying? That's why he made everything he he made. He actually gave religion spirituality. You know, that's how he functioned from even in uh in in, in throughout the Bible. That's what it was. It was never necessarily a religious uh, a religion uh, per se. But it was more so spirituality. So what I actually believe, and it's just my personal opinion, everybody's turning, a lot of people are turning to the actual source of their ex existence, which is just worshiping God. You know, because right now religion is just a crowded space. If, if you don't have a religion, then, you know, you kind of shunned upon, you looked at kind of differently. And people find that like, okay, cool, then I just won't deal with none of it. But the actual essence of each and every last one of us, like, for example, the word Muslim means one who submits his will to do God's. That's just simply what it means. When you say that you're a Muslim, you just saying I submit to do God's will. And I think that that's the actual principle of spirituality. So I'll just leave it at that. 
That was good too. <laughs> okay. Okay, my opinion okay. is you yeah, have some right. good Go points too, brother. You guys so good you, you guys all had good points. But my problem is when people say, Oh, I'm not any religious background, I'm spiritual. To me that reminds me of that scripture when John the Revelator was interpreting what Christ was saying. And he was saying that um, he doesn't want anybody to be hot or cold. Like, he'd rather you be hot or cold, but not lukewarm because he's going to spit you out. Yes. Because it's too easy to say you're spiritual. Yeah. A, a witch is spiritual. Shoot, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you saying? Like, what like what makes you spiritual? Like, what is it about you that is spiritual? And then all they can say is, oh, I smoke weed. <laughs> That it doesn't do anything. Like if you can burn the sage and you got you, you light some candles at, at night on a new moon, that means you got a ritual and now you have a religion. Yes. Because you brush your you brush your teeth every day as soon as you wake up. You wash your behind every day as soon as you wake up. You wipe some people. every time you gotta use it. Some people. Some people. <laughs> that's the whole point. Because everybody has their religion. That's why you that's why people say yeah. they they watch a show religiously or they <laughs> do something to a like to a religious extent to where it's almost STD like like not STD, OCD like behavior. So everybody has a religion. They just don't want to say it aloud out of fear that they may be judged. Now me, I don't care because my grandmother taught me that outside voices are not the voices of influence on the inside. They don't reflect what you hear truly about yourself on the inside. So when you're hearing negative comments coming from the outside, that's just, you know, the enemy trying to deter you and get you off of that path. Because to say that you're giving credit to the universe is disrespectful. And that's the problem that our people had back in the day. Uh, when we did live in the promised land, we did not give the most high his credit. He loves his credit. He don't want you to put nobody else before him. I don't care who it is. Your mama, your daddy, Christ himself. Like, you can't put nobody before the Father. And when he sees you doing that, he's going to treat you in kind. He's going to be like, well, I never knew you. Get from, like, get from among me, you worker of iniquity. And then you just, you know, you SOL. But I don't believe that the universe is what the end-all, be-all. The universe is another creation and manifestation of the Most High Yahweh. So that's, that's his function for us to you know, express our realities because the universe is for all of us. And if you tap into it, you can make the, the universe literally do whatever you want it to do. Cause it's like a game, it's like a computer. If you know how to, you know, use command and run a ping on your computer to see if your internet's working, that's the same way that the universe is working because it wants you to put in a code for it to respond back and emulate that code for you. And it's going to be like, did I do a good job? It don't care about feelings. Because it's, its function is to create and to destroy something. And it's a game to them. It's like a little innocent child that don't know no better. Um, so when you're saying, like, I'm having a terrible life, the universe is just not going, like, just not giving me an easy time, not giving me a hard, like, you know, giving me a hard time and stuff. You're programming the universe to give you a hard time. You just spoke it out loud. And what does the Bible say that, you know, that power is in the tongue life and death is in the tongue there's power in it so you got to watch what you say the universe picks up on everything 
you say, and it's going to create everything you say, whether you want it or not. So that's why you shouldn't focus on too much of a negative thing and focus more on the positive stuff because even though Mosai tells you in, what is that, the Matthew 6, to not even worry about eating and drinking and clothes on your back from day to day because today has enough troubles than tomorrow does. So it's, I, can't, I can't just give credit to the creation and not give credit to the creator because that was the Egyptians' problem too because they would worship all of these deities and never worship the one that created the deity. And it goes to, it goes on the same to this day. Like anybody that practices voodoo or practices the, the Orisha faith, you're, you're giving all of your power and reverence to the creation and not the creator. And you're making him mad. He tells you that he's a jealous God. He created everybody else to sit in his courthouse and observe you but you're not doing what he wants you to do, even though he gave you free will. And you constantly choose someone else over him. That's like you have the perfect lover right here in front of you. Perfect everywhere. Like he's like hitting off all the check marks for you. And then here you come and you see somebody else walk past you and he ain't even got a list, but you know, them sweatpants look nice. <laughs> so you just walk off and you leave your lover off to the side. He just sitting there looking stuck and stupid. Like, where'd you just go? Like why would you do that? Like, this man can't even take care of you. He can't do nothing for you that I do for you. He's like, well, he ain't got no license. He ain't got no car. Like, he got a car, but you ain't got this. You ain't got that. <laughs> that's, that's how you doing the most high. Like, why would you do that to somebody that has power over your life and your soul and your body? Like, you, I'm just not about to play like that. That's playing with fire. So you can say you spiritual and smoke weed all you want to, but you got to you gotta draw a line in the sand somewhere. <laughs> Let me, let me read at, at some point. Yes. All right, let me let me let me read this uh from Ace of Blue uh Blue Collar Intellectual five dollar super chat. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for the donation. He says, I think the nation of Islam provides a purpose and mission for black men, while Christianity has failed to do so for a long time. Mm. Saul, you want to hit on that? Mm. Uh, um. Well, yeah. I just wanted to add. Um just like a, something else that I kind of thought about while, while everybody was talking about the whole being spiritual. I think the reason why a lot of people want to say they're spiritual and not religious is because there's no rules, right? There's no God. It's no structure to it, right? So if I can say, well, I don't want to attach myself to a religion, but I can just make up the rules as I go along, then I can custom fit it to the life that I'm on. So it's like, I don't have to, it's no, it's no sacrifice to be made. It's, it's no structure in it. It's just, well, um, because I, I ought to say like, uh, kind of going back on something that she was talking about earlier, like, um, and it, and it, and it is what it is. Like when we talk about religion, like, for example, we talked about, um, I had this conversation one time and it was, I remember this was back when I was in college and somebody asked me, say, are you a Christian? And I said, yeah. And they was like, well, how can you believe in such a hateful religion? And I'm like, well, what's hateful about it? And they was like, well, you know, you hate homosexuals. And I was like, homosexuals. And they was like, yeah, but you think being a homosexual is wrong. I said, well, that's what the Bible says. And they're like, yeah, but since you believe in the Bible, then you're telling, you know, the person who is homosexual that their lifestyle is wrong. And I'm like, well, that is the belief structure, right? That we all believe in, but it's like, you're upset 
Oh, shoot. Oh. No. I don't know what happened to him again. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> yeah, he was going in. Let me, let me, I want to piggyback off of what he said, though. Go ahead. One of the key Go ahead. words was, was this idea of sacrifice. And when you believe in God, you know, that's one of the biggest things is a, a lot of people in this day and age don't want to sacrifice. And so you really do have to die to yourself if you want to live by a moral code, because there's certain things that you can't do. You know, somebody annoys you. You can't just, you know, hit them in the face just because they annoy you. You still have to see that that they have a dignity in God, you know, and th this idea of homosexuality, premarital sex. I mean, we could go up and down the list of things that are outside of God's plan for our bodies. Um, and people don't want to give up that like like you all have just said, they want to tailor this spirituality to the, the, the worldly things that they want, whether it's money or lust or whatever the case may be instead of sacrificing and saying, I'm, I'm a servant of God. You know, I'm a servant to the people who are next to me. I wanna, if, if I have an abundance, then I can give a portion of that abundance to somebody else. And when you just say I'm spiritual, well, I mean, you could do whatever you want, whatever your spirituality is. Maybe I just like stealing money from people and that's my spirituality. Okay. Well, let me, let, me, let me add real quick. I want to add to that. And I, and, and I think that um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, for I, I think for the most part, we have a very um, not clear understanding on the term spirituality. Yeah. OK. I, I think that that's what's going on right now. If we're talking about spiritual principles. Right. Then you can't separate yourself from the creator with those. Right. You know, I then I, I think that that should be the basis of the conversation. We I believe that was the heart of the question, right? Because you're right, okay. you 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 can't you can't just claim something and then do what you want to do, right? Right. So if you if you're saying you're a spiritual person, which you're, in essence what you're saying is that you're connected to the Creator. You're doing what the Creator wants you to do and live by a certain principles that He has in, in play for you. Like for example, right. right now, and not to go politically, if you say you are independent, to me that's like saying you're spiritual. <laughs> you're, not picking a, you're not picking a particular side. You get what I'm saying? I'm, no, I, I don't agree with neither one, but there are principles from both that I can take and live my life by. And so I think that in terms of spirituality, it's the same thing, right? For those that know, like, like I said, we, real quick, and I'll let you jump in here, Felicia, is that mm -hmm. we're, not, we're not talking about those that are uh, 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 spiritually underdeveloped. Yeah, you talk about right? authentic spirituality. Exactly. Exactly. What most people are talking about. Exactly. You know, and I think, and I know quite a few. I know a quite a few older people who don't particularly go to some some hall or mosque or church, but are very spiritual. Like you can feel the energy when you come around them. You don't see them do nothing outside of what they believe that displeases God. The difference is they didn't put a title on it. Yeah. So. Go ahead, Felicia. That's all I have to say. I was going to, well, a couple things. I was going to ask this question, and it fits in with what Devin was talking about. <clears throat> For those who identify as spiritual, what does that look like? What are those precepts? What are those, um, how would you evangelize spiritual? If I say I'm evangelizing the kingdom message, and I'm coming from this passage, and this is my teacher, and this is my inspiration, I give something specific and tangible, well, sort of tangible for people to latch onto. 
So when I hear someone saying, I'm spiritual, I'm not religious, I'm going to interpret this as you are spooky. I don't know <laughs> who you're talking to. I don't know what messages you are receiving. I don't know. I don't know if I can go and trust you. What what um, are your scriptures, if you will, or what are the texts that you refer to that would give me exactly. insight in terms of what you mean by spiritual? So um, I think there's a difference. But to play on what you were saying, um, uh, G phrase is we do have spiritual laws, which I talk about all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. but these spiritual laws that I'm coming from come from a very concrete place. So I don't want beloveds in Twitter to think Felicia is spooky and she's just pulling things out of the universe or out of the atmosphere. I tell them, this is where I'm going. This is exactly where you can get the spiritual knowledge because we are spirit beings, right? When this body is dead and gone, our spirit is going to go with God or not with him. So we are spiritual beings and I get that portion where people are saying I'm spiritual. Yeah, I am too. But can you give me a little bit more? Can you yeah. give me something else that would clarify your message? Because if you don't, Felicia is going to interpret you as being spooky. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm, I think, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I've, I've been listening. This is I'm loving this. This kind of discussion. I I just love what everyone has to say. Um, I wanted to add maybe a different perspective with the spirituality, with religion, is I think, I think more people are becoming awakened, not, not woke, awakened <laughs> to, and they are looking and searching for yeah. truth. And yeah. we do have this other group that, you know, they, they don't want to be accountable and when they put their hands up and they're just like, I believe in God and that's good enough or something. I believe in that universe. That's good enough. But I think the majority of people are searching right now. They are looking for truth. They yes. are asking God. They are probably praying and they are out there and there are conversions that are happening. People are becoming more and more converted or reverted. Right. Is that what they say in Islam? is they are becoming more reverted or converted to Christ, if to Christianity, or they, people are just, it's, it's like a, another kind of a renaissance, if you will, because people are done with the middle road mm -hmm. and they're saying, let me, let me go here or here, but I need to be somewhere. And I think a lot of people are just done. They're done being lost and they're looking and, and people, I think they want that. They, they want to be kneeled down. They don't want to be blowing in the wind. <laughs> they're, they're looking for something um, more stable and solid, something that they really can believe in. And I'm hearing your journeys, all of your conversion stories and I, and the examples that you're using from your life of, you know, I, I was, I grew up in, in this environment and how did it sound? It sounds a little bit more like a cultural thing. The religion that you left, you were there because it was cultural. And now you have this conviction, this conversion, this testimony. And that's what people need is a personal testimony. And like Felicia was saying, 
um, it, and I believe this too, is that is that comes from the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit testifies to you what is truth. That's very different. Don't get it twisted. It's very different from what is your truth. There's what is truth, and then there's other people that say, well, my truth is one plus one is three. That's very yeah. different. That's very <laughs> different than, than actual truth, but anyway. That was good. All right, let me uh do a little housekeeping real quick. Thank you, uh, Miss Mika Love. I appreciate the five bucks. Yes, I need to know who do you serve? Ooh, okay. That is that's powerful. That is very powerful. You know, uh, so you got you got any more? What you got another question? I know you do. You got a bunch more loaded up. Did you freeze in your living room, brother? Your nice background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there, you <laughs> You 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 enjoying your living room too much back there, man. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I got this really really nice, uh, really really living room. That's right. My living room is this nice, but my internet is this terrible, right? But um, anyway, um, the next question that I kind of wanted to ask everybody on the panel is basically about the role of religion and it's kind of sort of like our role in like, I don't, I know this is going to be like a broad question. I'm going to try to break it down a little bit easier, but if you look at country, cause we all live in the United States, right? So if we look at the United States as a country, where has religion played a role in either, I guess, I guess we can all probably agree that morally, would you say that the country is in decline? And if you do believe that the country is in a moral decline, then what role do you feel that religion can play has played in sending it towards the decline or from preventing that decline? Um, I think that I think the world or the at least the West is is in a in a moral decline, but a lot of that has to do with the lack of a belief in an objective truth. And I think that's where uh, religion can step in. Uh, you know, there's a there's a whole philosophy that, that goes behind uh, many religions. I, when I think of the Catholic church, you know, people only know the surface stuff that, that goes on in the Catholic church, but we have some of the greatest philosophical minds, um, St. Saint Augustine, Thomas Aquinas, um, Thomas More, who wrote Utopia, which which is part of the basis of a lot of, of Western ideas of government and different things like that. So I think having a foundation in some type of objective truth can pull us back from the weirdness, the political weirdness is what I call it, that's going on right now where it's like, uh, it, are we going towards Marxism, socialism, communitarianism, you know, there's this like weird dictatorship of, of the, the, crazy people. Um, so I, I think having a grounding that is based on an objective truth, this is right and this is wrong. We're not, we're either hot or cold. We're not lukewarm because like somebody said, you will be, you know, spit out. And so I think if if we would go back to some of our foundational principles or, or some sort of objective truth, I mean, obviously I would love for it to be uh, based on, on, you know, the Catholic moral view, but um anything that's that's not what we're doing uh god bless you would be would would be bless ideal bless you i think that's that's why we see 
the political state that we see right now. Yeah, um, can I interject? Sure, go ahead, because I didn't even hear the question, but go ahead. Oh, I just don't think I was worried about. That's why I try to come right back because I didn't want. Oh, that's right. Nowhere. Yeah, you missed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, he was yeah. asking us, uh, do we think that religion can basically help the moral decline in our country? Um, my answer is yes and no. I believe relationship changes the mm. game, not necessarily religion, because if we go with this mindset that we're, we're going to try and push a religion, we actually ostracize millions of people, right? Um, I, I'm not going to be happy if our nation decides to be a full-on Muslim nation. I'm, I'm just personally not going to like it. And I can imagine people who are outside the Christian faith would not want this whole country to just enforce the, the Christian religion, right? It's our, it, it goes back to us having our individual relationship with God. And through this relationship, because we know him and he knows us, we won't want to do certain things that will add to the moral decline of our country. Mm -hmm. So because I love God, I'm not going to go out and murder people. Because I love God, I'm not going to get in political office and try and swindle the community I wanna serve right? We go back to this relationship, we learn about his laws and precepts, and then we implement them into our social, political, and economic spaces. We have to have this. And one of the things that I appreciate about, and I'm trying not to get into the political stuff, but I appreciate the fact that Black Americans who enter the political space, for example, we don't separate the spirit from the carnal or fleshly. You know, we, we just don't do that. Um, we see how everything works together and how we have to have some kind of moral compass. Um, because if we don't, all kinds of um, hell can wreak loose and, and we definitely don't wanna see that. So I'm very grateful that at least this particular voting block, um, we're all black here, yes. Um, I'm grateful that we have that desire for that type of consciousness for that type of um, you know, ability to inject these spiritual laws because this is what's going to keep us. Man is completely flawed. There are a thousand and one different types of sins that we commit. And if it were not for the grace of God, we would all be in hell every single day, but it's his grace and his mercy that we are able to love our neighbor and not to do harm to anybody else because we know that the law of sowing and reaping is always in effect. So to answer Saul's question, um, yeah, we have to have it. Now I say yes to the religious portion just because religion can sometimes bring us the type of traditions that keep us in check. But when it comes to actually seeing revival or reformation or a real renaissance, people have to have a relationship and it's mm -hmm. at that level that we begin to see more of um, this moral incline, if I can say that. I, I wanted to add to that too. When you, and you, you say relationship so often and I'm looking at it like, um, like it's, it's for me, my religion and my politics are married. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't, I can't separate the two. I know yeah. there's, 
I know there's separation of church and state, but I, I individually, I am a person and I, I do, I serve God. And that was one of the questions too, is, and these inherent rights that are given to us are, they come from God. They do not come from man. And so, so I can't, I can't say this and then go and do this. Um, politically, religiously, I have to, they have to align for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I, oh, uh, I think, I think you were also talking about like, um, well, let me, never mind. <laughs> no, I love it. Love hearing no, it. I, I kind of lost my train of thought. I'm like, I'm going off of, anyway, it was more of a repeat of what I was going to say, but it, yeah, it's just more, yeah, a, a relationship. I, I really like that because, um, even if you don't identify or belong to an organized religion, um, and this goes back to the spirituality, um, when you have a moral compass, I think right. that definitely steers you into um, a certain political ideology. Uh, now, I don't know, you opened up a whole can of worms when it comes to like, the nation in general. You're, you're right now. This discussion is with religious people, and so I, I can't speak for those who don't identify with a religion. I, I can't. I, I see their perspective a lot, but I, I don't. I personally do not understand and relate. I haven't been in that space before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know. I'll, oh. I was just gonna add real quick, um, cause a lot going on. Um, I think the thing that I, I I think about the most when it comes to you know the religion and morale of the people, right? I think of uh, Galatians five twenty two, right? I think that that is a, a a set of instructions instead of guidance that people can get behind if you internalize those, then you'll have you know a guiding force with you, a guiding force to guide you in the direction of which you need to go. Um, it was something else Felicia said too that I wanted to add, but dang, uh, I lost it that fast. Because <laughs> she said a whole lot. But I, you know, I'll add this here real quick. It, it, was, it was building with the, with the religion and politics, right? For me personally, right, I have to separate them. Mm. For me personally. And the reason why I, I, I say that is because of this here. When I see so many prominent religious folks Getting bed with politician, politicians. I see nothing but corruption. Oh, yeah. So I, so I, I and, and another thing too, I really believe, and this is just my honest opinion. I'll let the uh, brother Devin go next. Is that I don't think God is that involved with our politics at all. He allows us to have free will to do what we do, but He's not picking and choosing winners and losers. Because what happens is with the politics, it goes it goes right outside the very nature of himself and his will. Every time, even your most profound and prolific uh, uh, religious uh, 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 politicians are going to go outside of God's will because it's designed for that. So, like, for me, when I go inside a voting booth, I'm not saying, well, if God, is God going to be pleased if I do this? Is he going to be pleased if I do that? No, this is for the nation. I have free will. I have free will to do that. So this is how we're going to do it. You know, how I'm going, how I'm going to do it. And I like I said, I think that in the founding, the founding fathers had a great idea when they had a, a, a separation of church and state because they didn't want to give man absolute power. 
Now, once you got power politically and you intertwine that with, with a religious person, that man, that person has absolute power. And what he's able to do is manipulate the masses. So this is why I say me personally, I have to separate them. I, 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 you get talking to me, talking about some, this is your religion, this and that and that. You know what? I'm not even touching you. No. I'm going somewhere else. Because no, I, 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 I know you're going to be corrupt. Um, I think that was when, going, going back, you mentioned our founding fathers. And I think we kind of mistake religion and adding it into or not adding it into politics because it's already there. But we we have this mindset of creating a theocracy. And I don't think that that we're meant to, you know, I'm, if I'm the Catholic president, everybody will be Catholic or, you know, we're going to kill you like they used to do in the Middle Ages. Mm -hmm. But I, even our founding fathers recognize that our rights uh, come from God, that they're inalienable rights that that have been given gifted to us from God even the 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 idea of a free will mm -hmm. is a gift from God you know and yeah. so we are still supposed to use our worship of God you know I, the the political environment that we live in is also supposed to be a symbol of our worship everything is supposed to be given to the one that we worship and so even when we go into the voting booth, no, that doesn't mean that there should be an initiative on there that says, you know, we will start to worship this particular God or we will start to build all churches named St. Mary. But there are things that, that we have an obligation to consider within the political sphere. If we're saying that we worship God, if we're saying that we're inspired and guided by the Holy Spirit, we, ha we have to have a, a, a compass where we are trying to build the kingdom of God on earth. Yeah. That doesn't Lisa, mean that we're beating we'll go, go ahead, you with, right. with the kingdom, but yeah. go ahead. Yeah. I Lisa, inject real quick, I, I, real quick oh. let me get these two super chats and then I'll let you uh, say what you got to say. All right. Okay. Uh, Chad, appreciate the 499 donation. Shout out to my Catholic brother. Human beings need true, need the, need, hold on, need the, hold on, need true north to point toward as we navigate a long path. Uh, ladder with obstacles, blessed up, uh, beautiful people. And the other one is from, uh, as soon as it <laughs> pop up, I went for the pop up. Uh, Fish Fry Chronicles, uh, Dim. Okay, now nah, appreciate the five dollar donation, brother. I, you know, I may have butchered that name, but uh, go, go ahead, Felicia. <laughs> um, I think what you are alluding to is, and I'm talking to G-Phrase, what you are alluding to is this idea that some religious individuals like to attach the faith to a political party. Now you mm. can correct me if I'm wrong, but I wanna hit on upon this. So um, within the conservative space, for example, uh, we have a voting block who are considered evangelicals. These are typically white mm -hmm. Christians who vote primarily Republican. And in this space, because I'm a part of this space as well, in this space, it's nothing for us to hear our prophets tell us that God has anointed and appointed this Republican candidate and he's going to win. So you see the likes of Paula White, you see the likes of Kenneth Copeland, you see the likes of these individuals who will use and abuse the scriptures in order to manipulate this voting block. Okay, so there are individuals who will placate on certain individuals' emotions, or I should say spiritual mm -hmm. ties for political purposes. And yep. if anybody follows me on Twitter, they know I cut through all of that noise. <laughs> because 
That mess is demonic to me. And this is why I tell folks, yeah. have yeah. relationship. Know the Holy Spirit for yourself because then yes. you won't be led yes. astray. Then you can mm -hmm. make a mm -hmm. decision based upon yeah. your conviction. So I think that we find a problem when we see different leaders uh, who are affiliated with a particular faith injecting themselves into politics. They are willing to sell out the Holy Spirit, to sell out yep. his love, to sell out his principles for a bag. And they will literally yes. do that because they are in bed with the this political God. Now, when we talk about government, government, according to the scriptures, it rests on God's shoulders. So even the kingdom of God itself is a type of government. It has its own laws and mm -hmm. precepts. Um, mm -hmm. And so in like manner, those of us who are kingdom minded, it's nothing for us to get involved in politics, not because we're trying to say we want to make Christianity the law of the land, but because we're saying these laws like thou shall not murder or thou shall not covet. These are good laws. These are good yeah, they things are. That protect our communities. So I think that when we if we can see and, and recognize the difference between those who are in bed with the political gods themselves versus those of us who are conscious of God and mm -hmm. mindful of him, how we um, uh, uh, view life. That's a very different, we, we're dealing with two different spheres, if that makes sense. You, yeah, no. you explained it a lot better than I did because I probably misspoke because <laughs> that that's exactly, <laughs> like both of you, you said what I was trying to say. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Real quick, uh, the uh, Fish Fry Chronicles, them, he didn't know how to, when he went, did the super chat, he thought that he would add a question to it, but this was his question. Uh, what do you say to the people that believe that religion is just a method of control? I think it's, uh, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, well, the way that religion is defined in our current world, the way that I hear it being thrown around, I, I don't think that's, that's not what I view religion as is, you know, it's a system of belief and then it's the worship of God, you know? So at, I don't think, I think it's become something that it was never intended to be. It's not intended to be all of these rigid institutions that do end up controlling things and owning all this property, controlling whole areas of the country, you know, telling people that this candidate is anointed by God or that candidate is, is anointed. We have a lot of Catholic priests and bishops who say this, you're not Catholic if you do this, you're not Catholic if you do that. And I mean, you're Catholic based on your baptism. So uh, once you're Catholic, that's it, you're done, you're Catholic. So um, I think it's, uh, we have a, a miseducation of what religion is and what its purpose is, what it's supposed to be. We have a lot of false prophets. We have a lot of people who build themselves up as the, as the little Pope in their area of religion, whether it's the mega churches, whether it's, you know, in all of our religions that we've mentioned. And I think that's what the problem is, is that people end up following this cult of personality and not actually following God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Corey. No, 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 you go ahead. No, you go ahead, I ain't, I ain't got nothing. Yeah, well, well, hopefully while Verizon is acting uh, decent right now, I'm going to go ahead and try to say what I got to say. Um, <laughs> when, when we speak on the separation of church and state, 
when we speak on uh, God and the government or God is involved in, I, I think people need to understand that like when I believe in the Bible, it said you're supposed to pray for those who are in authority over you, right? That's where a lot of people like to use that verse to, to basically try to make it seem like in a corrupt system that everybody knows is corrupt. I, I think I think there has to be, like I said, an actual separation of church and state because of the, especially in this country, if you believe the American political system is not just, then when I say I don't believe God is in politics, I'm speaking of an election. It doesn't mean that you can't be a godly person and run for office. Because what I'm saying is, like, for example, uh, half this panel lives in Georgia. We have a Senate uh, election coming up. Which side is God on? Because if we're saying God is in politics, does God want you to vote for Ossoff? Does God want you to vote for Purdue? Does God want you to vote for Leffler? Or does God want you to vote for an actual pastor? So it's well, a you got to ask some uh, African angels that Paula was calling on. <laughs> <laughs> right. But if when you try to infuse, and when we're talking about God, we're talking about the creator. We're talking about uh, a man uh, not a, I'm sorry, not a man, a, a, a being who is omnipotent, right? And if he has all power, then we can't put him in a situation where he's picking sides. It kind of goes like the people who are praying on Sunday, please, God, let my football team win. And then when they don't <laughs> win, does that mean God didn't answer your prayer? Yeah. Or does that mean that God was on the other side? So yeah. when, 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 when people... Um, I, I believe because the one thing that God gave us was God gave us free will. Yeah. So we're asking God to interfere in people's free will. When I was a football coach at the high school, I prayed for protection over my players. I never asked God for a free. I prayed for protection, no injuries, and that we would, you know, be servants of him on the field. But I never, ever asked, oh, please, God, let us win, man. Let us win this game tonight because this team is really, really good. And because, once again, now now we're getting into that free will uh, aspect of things. So I know uh, the Bible, people can sometimes manipulate the Bible and make it say whatever they feel they want to say that sounds good. But when I say I separate my politics from God, that's what I, I, I'll put it like this. I celebrate my politics from God. However, I never and I will never separate my principles from God. And yeah. I think that's where the focus needs to be. What are your principles? Because your yeah. principles, if you say, well, I separate my principles from God, I'm going to say, well, what kind of principles do you have? But <laughs> politics in the United States, uh, Democrat versus Republican, conservative versus liberal standpoint that we're talking about, it becomes very difficult to look for God in that sort of entity. Not saying that he doesn't exist, but once again, if God gave us free will, then it becomes very difficult for somebody to say, well, God wants X, Y, and Z to be president. God yeah. wants X, Y, and Z yeah. to be a senator. God wants this because... Once again, not trying to get political, but there are certain laws and there are certain things that have been done to our people in this country. There are certain things that have been done to women in this country that, once again, were the people involved in making those laws godly people? Because you can't say, well, it's almost like you, 
you decrease the power of God when you start to say, well, like for example, why didn't Jim Crow? You can start to ask the why questions, right? And you don't want to put somebody who everybody believes is an all-powerful being and say, well, if God is so powerful, why didn't he stop Jim Crow? Why didn't he stop Roe versus Wade? Why didn't he stop? Why weren't we given civil rights from the beginning? So mm-hmm. that's the reason why I say separate it. Because when you when you when you're asking God to pick a side, I think that's a, a, a very slippery slope. And that, and that's just my opinion on that. Real quick, real quick, uh the fish fry chronicles, them creepy spider gnaw. That is my cousin. <laughs> hey, no, he just texted me. So my cousin with Bolo, you just went with Bolo. Why would you go with all that stuff, man? <laughs> but his name is Bolo. But uh, go ahead. I just want to shout him out. He texted me like that's him. <laughs> I think that was a fire um, analysis, Soul G, simply because you hit on principles and as opposed to just saying God's going to choose a Republican or God's going to choose a Democrat. Um, One thing that people need to recognize is uh, in the beginning, God relinquished dominion to Adam and Eve. In other words, to man and woman. He relinquished that type of dominion. And even in the book of Samuel, when the people were like, we want a king, we want a king. And Yah was like, "Uh, I'm your king. I'll be your king. And they told him no. Well, what did he do? He anointed a king for them. Why? Because that was the will of the people. Mankind exercises that type of dominion here on the earth. It's up to us to say whether or not we want God to be involved in our everyday lives. We have that choice to reject him or to receive him. And it's, just, it's the same thing as it relates to politics. So um, I love the part where you talked about principles because that's what I drew in Twitter class. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Can I say something too? Exactly. Go ahead. Yes, yes, ma'am. Please. Well, I was quiet for a minute. Uh, I was just trying to listen to everybody, and I have. I'm trying to remember all of my rebuttals. I should have been writing them down. Um, I wanted to say, when it comes to politics, Yeshua had that issue when his when his people came to him with the problem of taxing, t- paying taxes. The Caesar and they were just too high, like they were just complaining. Like, <laughs> and he's like, Well, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and let that be it. He's like, Why are you asking me? And this is a this is a divine being that they're speaking to. He's like, what that what is earth, what do earthly matters have anything to do with me? Mm. Like, what's established on earth is not my kingdoms. So whatever you do on here, I'm going to crush it regardless. So the most high, he places kings in nations who he wants to place in nations, and he builds them up, and he tumbles them down, just like he said. So you can have a Trump in office. You can say that was divine. You can have Biden in office. You can say that was divine. You can have Putin. You can have, what's the, what's the Korean dude's name? Uh, little tubby dude. Kim I, don't, I forgot his name. Kim Whatever his name is, Kim. I think that's really funny. Somebody's name is Kim and you're a man. But he, you know, the most high put him in place. And he's going to remove these remove these kings out of the way. So when you, say, when, you say, when you say put him in place, when you put these people in place, you don't think it had nothing to do with the will of the people or like 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 Saul was just talking about free will? 
it's all free will, but he's going oh, to let oh, it. Oh, oh, did he allow, allow it? it? Okay, I can take he that. He allowed it. He allowed, yeah, he allowed Just it. Just like okay, he, cool. um, with, King cool. of, uh, with King Nebuchadnezzar, he said out of his own mouth that he chose King Nebuchadnezzar, and he wanted him to be the elite, the top, the number one dog on the planet. And when, you know, he got his chest puffed up and he thought that he was better than the Most High himself, what did he do? He struck him down with a plague that took his mind from him. That put him on the level of a beast in the field. So, all like politics, you can vote for whoever you like, but at the end of the day, your king, your president, your vice president, it's all Yah. It's all Yahweh. And you can have whatever you want on this earth. I'm keeping my focus on the most high. And uh, speaking of, like, I wanted to talk about like that falling away with, with morality and with religion. I. I'm going to quote unquote play devil's advocate with that. Um, I welcome it because there has to be a great falling away in order for you to get to the most high and get to that place of safety and comfort and get to that, that so-called promised land for all of us. You got to go through a little bit of hell to get to that heaven for you to truly cherish heaven. I think the Wu-Tang plan said heaven is what you make it and hell is what you go through. So, all of this is necessary and it's all designed to wear out the saint, to make us so tired spiritually to where we just give up on the most high. And that's the whole design of everything. So you can see the LGBT um, agendas being pushed and the, the politicians are doing more for their community than the rest of the community. You got people that are poor, hungry, homeless, and then you got our community that's just suffering all the way around across the board. But they will, you know, give that rainbow person whatever they want or give that foreign person whatever they want. So you have to just let these things play out the way they're going to play out in order for you to benefit towards the end. Because all of it is, is designed for, for us. Because we're the children of the Most High. You can, say you're, you can say you're a Christian at the end of the day, but if you're a descendant of him, He's going to come for you and whoever wants to follow along with us, like the first exodus, they can do so. So politics really don't make a difference to me. You can look at my Twitter all the time and I'm always talking about cut the check. I'm always talking about reparations because reparations is not just solely tied to America. Reparations is a global thing that has to happen to all of that, the, all of the diaspora. And so far, I've only seen black Americans out of that out of the diaspora talking about reparations and i truly feel like we're like the the elite out of our whole tribe we're that you know the marines of our tribe like we're the ones that we that you send in to do all of the heavy lifting and then everybody else can just you know sweep up later or whatever do whatever you got to do but we've done all the, the heavy lifting for the last 400 years so everybody is you know you got to fall back I think Black Americans really should get reparations first, and then everybody else is just gonna follow follow suit. But that's it. like those are just my opinions. That's my that's my square. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um. I just wanted to go ahead and just do um one last question to everybody because I know this is one of the um the biggest. Well, I don't want to say knocks, but I guess one of the biggest criticisms that I I see of most organized religions and i think some people have kind of already touched on that but um i just want to go around the room and ask 
how important is the messenger, right? That spiritual leader that is either in your church, in uh, in your congregation, or wherever you go. Um, how important is that spiritual leader that you either look up to or that uh, you go to for guidance? How important is just like I said, even having a spiritual leader um, for everybody on the panel? And that's going to be the last question. I just want to get everybody's opinion on that. You want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think the messenger is probably the most important part of it. A lot of the stuff that we've talked about is because we have bad messengers in in many in all of our uh, religions, really. Um, we got a lot of people who set themselves up above God. And like I said, it becomes this cult of personality as opposed to actually worshiping the true God, actually being inspired by the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, principles over personalities. Um, and so that that's been the problem. I think one of the one of the uh, super chats or whatever talked about that. Um, I think the nation of Islam has a has a good message for black men or or it, it gives a sense of purpose. But all of our everybody that's on this panel, pretty much if we lined up our core principles based on who we worship and who we serve, they would pretty much be the same. The problem becomes that, that we end up with these false prophets, these people are, that are about their own pocketbook or, or their own power. And so the, the message gets lost in that and people associate Catholicism or Christianity or you know the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints with, with a messenger and not the, the actual message that, that should be preached. Big facts, big facts. Mm -hmm. Felicia, um, we'll just oh, go okay. around. Go next. Um, the messenger is crucial. So um, in, in my lifetime, I've only listened to probably about three or four um, individuals consistently. And even now I only um, listen to spiritual teachings from someone like the late Dr. Miles Monroe. And the reason for that is because um, the message is always going to be good. Like the message of empowerment is always going to be good. But if the person delivering the message is, is um, critical or that person has gone through anything, I, I can't personally receive from them. I can't receive from somebody who says that, you know, they've done nothing in their life or they've been perfect or whatever. I can't receive because it's not legit. So the message, the messenger, excuse me, has to be on point. And that person has to be living out the principles him or herself before uh, he can expect the people to live out the principles themselves. So I find it to be extremely important. All right. Well, all right now with that, it's on you, sister. You're next. Well, what, what happened? Uh, could you repeat the question? I'm trying to figure out what happened to my screen. Can everybody see me? I no, don't see I you. Solomon, what you do? <laughs> Clicking buttons. I didn't do anything. Totally no, no, mine messed up. No, no, no. Mine messed up too. So y'all, y'all feel good. It's me that's messed up. Oh, uh, there we are. <laughs> yeah, but it was just only you. <laughs> we only saw you. <laughs> it's that living room, man. That 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 you moved on up like George and Wheezy, man. Yeah. See, that's the type of yeah, messenger that, that we're talking about. Bad, though, you know? 
<laughs> All right. Uh, That's a bad living room. <laughs> what was your question again, Saul? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Next person can talk because I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, your question. What was your question again? Your last question? Oh, um, it was about how basically how important is the, the leader, a spiritual leader? How important is that? Um to like your respective faith or your respective religion, how important is having a spiritual leader if it's important at all? Oh, uh, it's still my turn. Yeah, you can go ahead. Okay, so well, no, what, no, well, well, real, real quick, real quick, we we, we skipped the sister. Did you want to answer that? Uh, did you want to answer that, Miss Rock, Jenny? Okay. Gotcha. Well, no, you go ahead, uh, 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 Sister Israel. Okay, so as an Israelite and a believer in Yahweh being Yahweh, it's very important that, you know, I adhere to his teachings, just like someone from the Nation of Islam adheres to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I love the, Elijah, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad dearly. I would, you know, pimp smack somebody if they spoke, spoke ill about that, uh, that elder in my presence. Mm -hmm. So you have to have some, you know, somebody on this earth, you know, that's like a, a spiritual representation of the level of morality and divinity that you want to emulate for yourself. And for me, that was Yahweh being Yahweh. And he wasn't even like when I was born, he was already going through what he was going through legally with this country. Like, if you want to see some corrupt stuff that this country has done, look into Yahweh Ben Yahweh's case. Like they literally did double jeopardy to get this man uh, off the mic. Pretty much, he was doing too much in Florida, had too much money, amassed uh, almost a half a million dollars, and it was all owned by black people. They own more property, beachfront property in Miami than a white like white people do today. They had two grocery stores, they had um, farms and schools and universities they had they had urgent cares and all of that has just been wiped away but his his teachings and his principles they will forever remain and you can't get rid of those words because they're still alive and they're present today and they're words that i adhere to and follow like i actually put them into practice and my life has changed um so I would say, yeah, you, you do need somebody that's like a moral compass. You got to believe in something. And to say, like, and I want to, you know, reiterate that with people that don't are, um, that aren't familiar with who Yahweh being Yahweh is. No, I am not worshiping a flesh and blood person. It is his principle. It's his principles and his code of con conduct that I respect the most. I'm not going mm -hmm. to worship the body and the vessel. I'm listening to the voice that's coming out of that vessel. And every time that man ever spoke, it was nothing but the Bible, period. So I can always rock with somebody that speaks nothing but Torah and can actually break it down and make it practical to you in the real world where it's just like not something you listen to on, like, listen to some, like, some, like a Sunday sermon and you don't retain it. You can't apply it in life. He teaches you. He gives you the keys to the kingdom of how you can be in rulership on earth today and not have to wait until... Yahweh and him to come back to establish a divine rulership forever. So that's that's just me. That's I don't know who who like what other Israelites think the way that I think. 
and it's very like I very rarely come across another uh Yahwist, somebody that mm-hmm. believes in Yahweh truly, like in you know, in pure righteousness and holiness. Gotcha. Yeah, I, for me, I'll answer. I think that uh, representation is very important. Like you said, you need a model, you need a God, you need an example of somebody who can actually show you how to do it. Just like, for example, my sister, her name is Coach, right? She's letting you know she got this game plan and she's going, first of all, she's going to be the example of what she's talking about. And I think that that's very important, especially in the world, in the realm of religion, that you have that representation that gives you that guidance and that op- and, and, and model as to how to do it. You know, uh, just for example, that's why we have a lot of our young boys in the community today who hasn't grown up with their father. They never got an example of what a man looks like. So they have to go outside and think that they found what it is. And it's the same thing, in, you know, in religion that you have to have that guidance and show you how to do it the correct way. This is why I love Minister Farrakhan so much. He's been uh, active in the nation since 1955. You've never heard of one marital scandal. No outside babies out of, you know, having out of wetlock. You've heard none of that stuff. Never hit, heard him hitting mm-hmm. his wife. You know, none of that stuff like that. You will never find none of that about the minister. And he's been in the nation, like I say, since 1955. He's been the, represent, uh, the national representative since 1974. And... That is great leadership. Even I, I listen to T.D. Jakes. I love Jakes. I listen to T.D. Jakes all the time. I think T.D. Jakes is a great example in Christianity. You know, I mean, it's quite a few people I can still go out of line, but that's just a few. Um, this is what I would do. I don't know what happened to my brother. He had a nice living room set. He had a nice living room set. Oh, he come back as a cat. He couldn't get <laughs> oh, the cat. <laughs>
um, <clears throat> is the prophet of the church today um, with 12 disciples as well. <clears throat> and so um, I believe in this, in these messengers that they are from God, that um, his name is President Nelson, is, is uh, the prophet today, just like Adam, just like Noah, that God uses um, this prophet, an ordained prophet, to speak to the world, to guide, to um, to show others the way to Christ, and and that's that's the center, that's the crux of of the religion that I believe to is to go is to be di directed to Christ. Mm -hmm. So, messenger, right. yes, it's important. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Oh, he didn't left again. <laughs> this dude here. <laughs> this dude here. Well, listen, we're going to do this here. I want to say as one half of the Brown Paperback podcast. Well, you know, one third, because a lot of people don't know that Felicia is really yeah. the uh, Felicia is behind the scenes, you know, really putting in a lot of work with the Brown Paperback <laughs> podcast. So as one half visual of the Brown Paperback podcast, right? I want to go around. I want to give y'all just a couple seconds, you know, to, you know, give a quick shout out and also, you know, put your social media handles up if y'all have and how y'all can be contacting what y'all doing. And uh, this the cat thing came back, but I mean, hey, uh, <laughs> about, about over this cat, all right? <laughs> so uh, uh, we'll start with the brother first. You know, go ahead, brother. Go give a quick shout out and, uh, you know, everything you got going on, how they can find you. Uh, thank you for having me on here. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm appreciative of, of being able to share this platform with all these other prophets out here. Um, <laughs> you can find me at Devio, D-E-V-I-O, or at uh, 18th Ward GOP, 18th uh, Ward GOP. That's where I do all my political stuff. Um, and that's about it. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor to have you, brother. I am. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm Coach Felicia, and everyone can find me on Twitter. You can join my Twitter class. We have some really great engaging discussions there. You can also go to FeliciaKillings.org, and you can read some blog posts. You can watch some podcasts, um, and you can also give to the work of ministry because your money helps fuel the work. Me next. I'm yeah, Jenny Rock. <clears throat> You guys, I'm small potatoes. I'm I'm a stay-at-home mom and I homeschool. Like I'm not. I did too. Um, <laughs> I'm not out there. <laughs> but um, but if you're interested in our in our homeschool life, you can follow me and my family on Instagram under Homeschool of Rock. That's kind of where we have all the fun. But yeah, twi Twitter, I I do a lot of retweeting. If you follow me, it's just a, a bunch of like, yes, 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 I agree. But I, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing a lot of following <laughs> and learning. That's cool. Well, once I would say this here, uh, homeschooling is a big responsibility, which you get a lot of credit for. So that's not no easy task, especially nowadays. So, you know, don't feel, hey, you doing a lot more <laughs> Uh, stuff that's worthy than we doing right now. So trust me, you have Felicia yeah. doing that kind yes. of work. <laughs> trust me. So, uh, Miss uh, Israel, is on you. Is she muted? Yeah. 
Yeah, my okay. bad. I wanted to say um, thank you for inviting me, uh, Brother Solomon. Uh, we had a great conversation. What was it yesterday or day before yesterday? Or yep. it was the Sabbath. That was, that was right. It was the Sabbath. Um, and I just wanted to, I wanted to thank you, brother, for reaching out. Um, you always welcome to call me. Always welcome to invite me to another live. This was wonderful. Everybody was just so wholesome. Like. Uh, Sister Jenny, she was talking about she was ready to cry. Shoot, I'm, you know, like, I got the camera off for a reason because, like, I got to step away for a minute because, you know, I don't really get to have these di dialogues with my people all like that without it turning into, like, a full-blown argument and, like, next thing you know, a chair just being thrown and everybody start rioting, you know? <laughs> like, I love I love having these dialogues. I love, I love seeing people from all walks of life. I'm never going to you know, bash you or Bible thump you and be like, you're going to hell because you're Muslim, you're going to hell because you're Christian, like, you're going to hell because you you Buddhist or something like that. Like, I'm not, I, I will never do that to you ever because your faith is your faith and your spiritual assignment on earth is your is your duty to carry out. So with that said, like, my Twitter handle would be Tear to Israel and the little banner would be uh, Najita, the Negro Sand Warrior, because Dragon Ball is my favorite anime, and you know Vegeta's <laughs> my favorite character. <laughs> um, so, like I, I truly believe Vegeta's a black man because you know the struggle he has to go through. He's got a wife, children, and he still can't get no respect. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, like, I also agree with Sister Jenny. I am a homeschool mommy, too, pre-COVID. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pre-COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. pre-COVID. Oh, Seven years. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, three years for me because my oldest is three years old and my youngest, she is nine months old. My three-year-old is at a first grader's level across the board. We just have to yes. work on the penmanship. So I just placed the order for uh, like these little Amazon Amazon order for these pencil grips where you can put your first three fingers or all of your fingers yeah. into this little plastic grip that goes on your jumbo pencil and it teaches the child how to write. So he's gonna learn he's gonna mm -hmm. learn cursive. I think that's a lost art. So we're gonna we're it gonna is. relearn cursive together. And um, I wanted to actually start a like a separate channel because my my YouTube channel is my is my same name Tears to Israel. Um, I wanted to make a separate channel that's just dedicated to Hebrew Hebrews homeschooling their children, so they wow. can you know same way how Jenny's doing like work with her with her IG just you know everybody following what she's doing with her homeschool method and I wanted to you know put my little twist on it with Hebrews because my son has a curriculum he goes to the University of Yahweh. And before he even signed up with the University of Yahweh, I was writing his curriculum. I was teaching him Malcolm X and Marcus Garvey. He knows the national quotes of, of our nation, of the Hebrew nation. He, he's on point. That's a man right there. He's just wow. in a person. He's in a and he's person oh, I love Yeah, it. he's learning multiple languages. So I wanna I wanna upload those little those little moments. Oh, I have to do it in a way where I don't feel like I'm exploiting his youth. In his childhood, because I don't want him to be like those little social media kids where their their whole livelihood is on YouTube. They're just unboxing toys or just doing mukbangs or just doing weird stuff that I'm just like, well, what is the adult doing? And is that even their parent? Like, what's going on? So I have to figure out a way to where I don't feel uncomfortable. His father doesn't feel uncomfortable. 
and you know, and he doesn't feel uncomfortable. So it's 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 a lot into it that I'm just trying to sort out. So if everyone could be patient with me, like I promise you, it's gonna be golden. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna be a true okay. treasure, and I I hope everybody can learn from it, whether you're Hebrew or not. Like you can just pick up on little tips on how to homeschool your children because it's our job to teach our children. I've, I really feel like COVID has been a blessing for our people, despite that what the media is saying that COVID is hitting us the worst. Um, I think that this was all designed for us to just really take a step back and save our children because our children need us. And these, yeah. I, I'm on Twitter daily. Like Twitter is super addictive because it's real thoughts in real time. And I'm watching some of these children share their videos from TikTok and they are just so lost. And I cry for them because it's the parents' fault. I can't blame the child. I'm blaming the parent. So if I can be like a positive beacon for parents to say like, hey, my ch- I want my child to be like that. And she's showing me how it can be done. I'm gonna do that so I can save my gen- save my future. So that like I feel like that's probably gonna be my purpose in life is just to save my people in the way that I just live my daily life because I work from home now and that's been a blessing. I I told myself two years ago that I did not want to work for another company. I didn't want to work for a white establishment, an Indian establishment. I didn't want I, I didn't want to do that. And I had like a real conversation with the most high one time. And I said, I feel like you should be taking care of me before anybody else on this planet. Because you you said that you're my father. And I try to do everything that you tell me to do, even though I'm struggling to do it. And you see me struggling. And I'm struggling right now. And I need you to help me. And he did. He helped me right on time. And I got this job. And I'm doing it right now while I'm doing this live. So it's been a it's been a blessing okay. and I know that my father listens to me and he answers my prayers. So I don't know about the rest of y'all. I'm not saying y'all in this room, like in this room, but the rest of y'all looking a little lacking because you know my father takes care of me with what I need. I don't ask him for the most. I just ask him for what I need. That's the that's the thing. Like that's how I get my prayers answered. I don't ask for the most. Because yeah. he's already, he's the most high, so he's going to give me what I want, and then he's going to add that little sugar on top, like like your mama on Christmas. You thought you thought you want to go get that new iPhone, but she got it anyway. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Like, he just, like, he want to spoil you. He want to surprise you with the best. So he gave me the best, you know? So I want to share that. I want to, you know, show a little glimpse of my life, what, it, what it's like to be raising children at home and homeschooling them. And that's what that's what that actually that, works. That's what's up. Yeah, just go ahead and load it up on YouTube. We all support it. You know, you just hey, I do think, it like I think the, the three of the the three ladies should. I don't know. You know, maybe you all can have them back on to talk about homeschooling. And that's something I would want to see. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see that uh, talking just some basic principles for how to do it, because I think a lot of people want to do it and don't know how to. And it's so simple. Like, how did you yeah. learn when you were little? Yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and close. I, I got a special announcement to make. Uh, real quick, yeah, I got yeah, a special. Yeah, I to to no, no, you good. I got yeah, a special announcement good. to make. Uh, and the, the coach should be happy about this one. Um, uh, December six, correct the felon podcast will be coming live to y'all. 
December 6th, 7 o'clock on uh, YouTube. So that's what I got in the world. Say it again. Huh? Say it again. Corrected Felon Podcast. So December 6th at 7 p.m. live on YouTube. It's going down. I got quite a few guests lined up. And I'll just say this, that my podcast is going to be based on three principles. Information, inspiration, and mobilization. Just that simple. That's how I'm bringing it. And uh, just talking to the streets on those three principles. But uh, I'm your boy. You can find me on, on Twitter and IG. It inspires the block as always. You know, I, I ain't hard to find. I'm doing, trying to do big things. And uh, that's how I'm going to do it. Go ahead, Saul. The uh, cat, yeah. I, uh, I don't know if this was said while I was gone. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm going to get this out before uh, I might lose signal again. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and recognize Ace the Blue Collar Intellectual real quick because he said at me. Uh, this is going back a while. She said the Marines do the heavy lifting. And he said, oorah. So I'm, I'm going to let Ace have it tonight uh, on that one. But, uh, anyway, I just want to thank everybody on the panel for uh, giving us your time tonight. Uh, I do apologize sincerely for these uh, technical difficulties. I don't have any idea why Verizon is trying to do this to me. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and try to get that fixed because we do have another show uh, coming on uh, Wednesday where we're going to have our women's panel on our Purple Pill Politics. Then Saturday at 7, we got Comic Sense podcast again. We're going to be talking Mandalorian. And I'm going to be reviewing the movie Tenet. And then, like you said, on December 6th. Yeah. So, like I said, on, uh, on December 6th, uh, first episode of Corrected Felon Podcast at 7 p.m. So, like I said, we just want to go ahead and shout all those out. Um, and I'll let you end it, Corey, because you're the only one on camera. So, I'll let you go ahead and end it and take us on out of here. <laughs> well, listen, once again, we thank everybody for participating with us tonight. I pray that people in the uh audience in the chats and also on the replays and also on the audio version, this will be available Wednesday. The audio version on, on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and also iHeartRadio. Hope that you can understand that, hey, we all may have different uh, thoughts, schools of thoughts when it comes to religion, but we all headed in the same direction. And you can come together to have a, a, a informative and peaceful conversation about our practices. So once again, I'm your boy, and uh, I pray that everybody have a blessed day on purpose. Get at us. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Thank you. Shalom, everyone. Shalom.